It's Under the Hood. Follow us on the gram at IGJHood and at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is Chicago's home for sports, ESPN 1000. Another night and no baseball. When will it return? Glad that you're with us here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. Dr. Patrick Risch is Director of Sports Business at Washington University in St. Louis, Missouri. He joins me, Jonathan Hood, right here on ESPN 1000. Dr. Risch, Jonathan Hood, thanks so much for your time. Thanks, Jonathan, for having me. I, I, gotta, I want to talk to you and lead you with this, uh, this column from Jesse Rogers from our staff here at ESPN 1000, covers Major League Baseball. This is from Tom Ricketts, the owner for the Chicago Cubs. He says, the league itself does not make a lot of cash. I think there is a perception that we hoard cash and we take money out and it's all sitting in a pile we've collected over the years. Well, it isn't because no one anticipated a pandemic. No one expects to have to draw down on the reserves from the past. Every team has to figure out a way to plug the hole. Uh, Is Tom Ricketts telling the truth here that the league, Major League Baseball, does not make a lot of cash? Yeah, I tell you what. um... Whether or not he's right or not, it's still kind of a tough position to take publicly. It's something that just doesn't resonate well, given the current climate. So um, I understand you know, his frustration. I understand the players' frustrations. You know, one of the things that he said is there is a sense of a year-to-year phenomenon in the sense that you still have to pay players. You still have to pay your staff. You still have to you know, maintain a ballpark. But especially when you're a facility and a team like the Cubs that have made these major investments, and maybe the reason why he's saying this, Jonathan, is because the Cubs are in a unique situation. Most years, uh, I, I wouldn't have much sympathy for this kind of reasoning and logic. But let's not forget the Cubs have invested a lot of money uh, recently in upgrading the area around the ballpark. Now, they're the ones that are going to profit from that. And part of the reason why teams build outside of their stadiums and arenas and, and invest in these real estate projects is to avoid the revenue sharing rules that exist in various sports. But the timing is, is obviously not great because they're starting Marquee Sports Network. They're only a year or two into this, this real estate development. And obviously they've been hit really hard. They haven't seen a lot of business. So uh, one thing I would say is that and I'm sorry for going long here. It's, it's a complicated answer uh, because it really is a case-by-case thing. Normally, I would say the Cubs are replete with cash, with, with, with strong operating profits in the double-digit millions. But I could see where right now the timing is a little bit harsh for them because of all these other things. Uh, Jonathan, when people in the, in the population, they say, oh, well, look at the franchise value of these teams and how much they've gone up. Well, you don't really realize those profits until you sell the team. So, uh, yeah, the, the franchise values has gone up, but you, you can't bank on those profits right now until you sell the team. Uh, I just think the PR side of it, Jonathan, is not good. No, absolutely not, uh, Dr. Rich. I, I would just – so, you know, as a fan watching all of this happen, and I just think it just does huge damage to Major League Baseball every day that they don't play, I think about – Ricketts comment also in this column saying that we put $750 million into the ballpark. Well, that's true. I mean, Wrigley field in the area uh, is totally different than it was five years ago because they want to have new revenue streams. They weren't going to tear down the ballpark. So they want to have revenue streams around the ballpark, which is smart. But you know what I also think about? I also think about um, 
teams like Oakland, teams like uh, the Miami, teams like Pittsburgh, uh, Kansas City that are considered small market or small payroll. Well, you know, uh, will they ever see black because they don't put the they don't put their revenue uh, into the team like the Cubs, St. Louis, Dodgers, teams like that. Well, Jonathan, exactly. And and by the way, as we as you were talking, I wanted to go to the Forbes website. And again, the Forbes uh, annually they put out these franchise valuations, and and it's imperfect because they don't have inside access, but they they you know they do their best. And as I'm looking at the operating income estimate for every team in Major League Baseball, the Cubs are at 68 million for last year. That was their estimate. So that makes me even feel a little bit more queasy about Mr. Ricketts' comments. And I don't want to be uh, overly critical because Mr. Ricketts is actually somebody who on opening day uh, back in 2017 when they came down to St. Louis to play the Cardinals, Mr. Ricketts as well as Mr. DeWitt, the owner of the Cardinals, were kind enough to come in and were guest speakers in a business of baseball panel. But this just is a, again, from a public relations standpoint, I don't think uh, I don't understand why he felt the need to come out with this at this time. Um, and and more broadly, and you just referenced this, we see the NBA, we see Major League Soccer, we see the NHL. They have all figured it out. And Major League Baseball and the Players Association, they have decades of mistrust. But to not have the foresight to just make something work for this year, handle it behind the scenes, we heard nothing about hockey's return until it was announced. We didn't hear the hockey players you know, complain about what they were or were not getting. We haven't heard much from the basketball players, but for the baseball players and, and for the owners to just have this public battle, boy, it's, it's bad form all the way around. Dr. Patrick Risch is director of sports business at Washington University in St. Louis with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000, the brand new ESPN Chicago app. I was floored, Dr. Risch, on the the numbers that you put on your Twitter regarding the MLS. Um, I, I understand that there's going to be a lot of teams, a lot of sports that will be taking a bath, but can you kind of go through what you uh, were able to research regarding Major League Soccer losses here for 2020? Well, sure. And, and understandably, Jonathan, sometimes Major League Soccer gets the short end of the stick as it relates to the attention. It's not as popular of a sport in this country as, as some of these other sports. Uh, but the one thing that Major League Soccer has in common with Major League Baseball in the pandemic is that neither season had really started. Uh, Major League Soccer season, teams had played two games. Some teams had played two home games. Some teams had played none. Based on my calculations, looking at team marketing reports, fan cost index from 2019, as well as last year attendance averages, my estimate was that if you have no fans for any Major League Soccer game this year, you're looking at losses when you add ticket revenue, as well as other match day spending, food and beverage, merchandise, at $560 million. So when Don Garber, the commissioner of Major League Soccer, came out, I think it was either earlier today or yesterday, saying, that we're coming back and we're excited, but we're looking at losses of about a billion dollars. That's certainly consistent because my number of 560 million, about 56% of Garber's, but it only is focusing on match day revenues of tickets and food and beverage merchandise and the like. It's it really is quite uh, you know, amazing, and I, I feel bad for my many friends that work with many teams in Major League Soccer. But but Jonathan, you know what? Since we're obviously in Chicago, I feel really bad for the fire because. Here they are. They made the transition from suburban Chicago to Soldier Field, which they should have done years ago. 
there's this this trend. I won't say it's going to be a something that you're going to see across the league because most teams want to play in soccer-specific stadiums. But with the success in Seattle and Atlanta and now likely in Nashville, the league felt comfortable bringing them back to a football stadium, and they were surely going to draw many, many more fans this year, and, and obviously that's not going to happen now. Wondering about the jersey sponsorships in Major League Baseball um, because there are a number of teams that have now, are now that we've seen over the years now, Dr. Rich, with those um, those patches of sponsors. How much does that affect Major League Baseball as far as a lack of sponsorships because there's no games? Well, uh, I, you know, obviously, broadly speaking, Jonathan, when you don't have these games and you don't have fans in your building, a lot of these advertisers are going to be looking for make goods or rebates because some of these deals, you don't see the value and the impressions upon fans unless you can do it in person. But I believe, Jonathan, that we've seen, obviously, soccer across the world, they're, they're known for having the, the, uh, you know, the corporate sponsor on the jersey, front and center. We've seen the NBA three, four, five years ago. They instituted the jersey patch. I believe that you're going to see a lot of innovations, and one of those innovations is going to be not only baseball, but I think hockey and the NFL and any league that currently doesn't utilize the jersey patch, those are soon coming because teams are not just going to be making up revenue or trying to offset losses this year. Jonathan, they're going to be doing it for the next couple of years because of the size of losses we're incurring now. Dr. Rich, we're going to get into the weeds a little bit because as someone that is a, a college football fan, I am, uh. I, I am seeing something here. Let's see if we can uh, agree on this. I believe that there is a divide, a gulf that is occurring between Power 5 conferences or the Power 5 teams and the Power 5 conferences and the NCAA. There's a lot of examples of that, but I I don't know if we'll ever see a separation of church and state in that regard where the Power Five will just be their own entity, the NCAA does their own thing. But I just, when we hear rumblings that because of COVID-19 and and how some of the states in the South have opened, it it would not surprise me for us to be able to see fans in stands in some of the Southern uh, states when college football uh, begins. I'm wondering how you see that here as we get closer to the season. Well, first of all, I think that there's going to be some peer pressure. Uh, when some schools announce that they're going to be coming back and they may let some fans in, you're, you're going to get this mindset of, well, we can't let them get one up on us. Regardless of what's going on with, with the safety standards and so on and so forth, I think that's just kind of human nature that these programs are so competitive with each other certainly within conference you don't want your conference neighbor to get one up on you in terms of revenues and certainly when you're looking across what's going on at other conferences across the country you don't want to see that Uh, ultimately these schools these universities university presidents they have to follow the safety standards the protocols and their region but it's my impression that as things stand right now you are going to see, again, this is the, the, big, the big if here, Jonathan, is if things stay as they are now with respect to the virus, uh, if things don't see a spike. I do believe that you are going to see college football be played on time, and I do believe that you are going to see somewhere between, let's say, 20 and 40% of the capacity of those stands being filled as long as those schools are following protocols. 
you know, what can you do? You make you take temperature of everybody coming in. You give people a a a, a quick test if those are available. Um, but you can't do that for a hundred thousand people for an Ohio State Michigan game. That that's crazy. You can't do that. But could you potentially have twenty twenty five thousand? Could you strategically spread these people out so that they're six feet apart and they have to have their mask on and so on and so forth? Yes, you could do that. Now, the, the issue, the, the concern that I have, Jonathan, I was just on a college campus not more than 30 minutes ago. I'm in Los Angeles uh, for the summer. I was at UCLA at the Drake Stadium with our track. And you had about 30, 40 people out there uh, either running, doing the stairs, doing chin-ups, whatever the case may be. Not a single person out there had a mask on. And most of the people out there were between the ages of, say, 20 and 35. I'm concerned that if you do give the green light, schools have to be strict and make sure that the kids, if they're going to go to the games, that they follow the standards and don't turn out like these idiots that went to the beach back in March in Florida and just, oh, we're young and we don't care. Because, of course, those, some of those kids can be the, uh, you know, carrying the virus. Sure, absolutely. Dr. Patrick Risch is with us, the Director of Sports Business in Washington University in St. Louis, with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. This should be a quick one for you, Dr. Risch. So sure. with, with, with the NBA and the NHL being sequestered all in one spot, there's, there's zero revenue because fans can't come in. Is there, there's no way for any of these teams to make money, right? Well, they can generate revenue, obviously, from their media revenue. They can generate revenue from their corporate partnership deals. So, and in sports like the NBA, Major League Baseball, uh, the NFL even, and college football, media revenue typically is the top dog. Hockey is hurt the most because in hockey, gate revenue is still the top dog, but at least all of these sports can still generate their national media revenue as well as some of their regional TV deals. Okay, all right. Just wanted to double check on that. Now, we were just going through Adrian Wojnarowski from ESPN talking about how the NBA has their plan in place to be able to uh, return, have the NBA to return. And with a wink and a nod to you, outside of the uh, the playoff teams that were already solidified, uh, one through eight in both conferences, here's Portland, here's New Orleans, uh, there's San Antonio, there's Phoenix, Sacramento. It's interesting how the NBA is trying to uh, have star power because I guess with star power means more people watching the television, which also means ratings and revenue, right? Well, absolutely. And, and I do think that the advertisers that pay, I think those, they're going to be some of the biggest winners, actually, because the advertisers that already paid for the airtime or you know, ads during the, the rest of the season, well, they paid a certain price, but that was with the expectation of a certain rating. But as we've seen, people are craving sports right now. The documentaries on ESPN with the Lance documentary, mm-hmm. the, uh, the Last Dance documentary, obviously, these went through the roof in ratings. I have no doubt that all of these leagues are going to see ratings gains, and that's just going to be a boon to the advertisers that pay for that airtime. Dr. Rich, tell us about your book, They Shoot, They Score. Oh, man, Jonathan, that was a lot of fun. It was uh, published in August of 18. Uh, people can find it on my website, patrickrich.com, and it was an interview, 50 interviews, with 50 experts uh, across all different spectrums of the sports industry, from Joe Lakeup and Mark Cuban, who, of course, are owners of NBA teams, to presidents of various teams like uh, Rick Schlesinger, who's the president of the Milwaukee Brewers. I know he's a foe of both your team and mine, the Cubs (laughs) and the Cardinals, but you won't find a better guy. And certainly the Brewers 
have uh, been the little engine that could the last few years under his guidance on the business side. So just a really wonderful opportunity to, you know, I wanted to do it, Jonathan, in part for my own classes. Uh, I wanted to have some more structure, give students a taste of all the different aspects of the sports industry, marketing, analytics, leadership. I tell you what, one guy I really have to stick my chest out about that I think is just a wonderful leader is Chris Zimmerman, who's the president of the St. Louis Blues. I mean, this guy is as solid as they come, and, and you know, listening to him speak, you really feel it's a, it's a lesson in leadership. And one last bit, uh, two people that I learned a lot about sports startups was Tom Penn, who runs LAFC, and Kerry Bulbos, who's the president of the Vegas Golden Knights. I mean, literally, Jonathan, 30 minutes with them, I felt like I had a whole semester on how to run a, a sports franchise. <laughs> That's great. So, again, they shoot, they score. You can find that book at Amazon and iBooks. Dr. Rich, I'm glad you spent some time. Uh, we're going through a very difficult time looking for sports and um, the financial ramifications of it. So I'm glad you were able to uh, help our audience get smarter. Thank you so much. Yeah, no problem, Jonathan. I'm, I'm glad you finally got rid of that Freddie Coleman guy. That guy is bringing you down. <laughs> Thank you. I'll make sure I'll tell him that. I'm typing uh, an email I'm right sure now. I'm going to hear about that comment, too. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Rich. Thanks. It is Dr. Patrick Rich, the director of sports business at Washington University, with us here on uh, ESPN uh, 1000. I'll be with Freddie Coleman. As a matter of fact, I'm looking at my uh, calendar here. On the 15th, we're going to work uh, a week together between the 15th and the 19th. Freddie Coleman, you'll be able to hear some of those shows here on uh, ESPN 1000. All right, coming up next, uh, Drew Brees, quarterback for the Saints, is in the crosshairs for comments that he made. Should he be, though? Should he be? We'll talk about it next right here on UTH.